This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Well, hello and welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And I do have to say that the holiday season is officially over. <laughs> I know, I, I sound so sad, don't I? But it, it, this really is probably a, a set time of the year for me, you know, when um, we pack up all of the Christmas gifts and or all the Christmas decorations and we put them away. And so we did that today. Yeah. It's my last ditch effort. You know, I, I play Christmas music. That's been my, my tradition is I'll play Christmas music while I'm taking down the Christmas decorations. And that's my way of announcing to myself that it is officially over. <laughs> and I know, I know. Great, Ken. I turn this on to be depressed. That's really uplifting, Ken. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, but, but I do want to say this. That although we put away the Christmas tree and it's outside and all the lights are put away and all of my wife's nativity sets, which... She does have over 30. Um, she collects them. Uh, all of those sets are put away. All of our de decor is put away. I still want to say this, that my best Christmas present of this season came today. And the reason why is because my youngest son got baptized. Yes, that's right. My youngest son decided he had already given his life to Jesus. He talked to us and he said over New Year's uh, when we were out in Pismo Beach, he had a talk with Jesus and he decided to give his life to him. And so he was telling us that he wanted to go ahead and get baptized today. So we did that with him today. And again, before everyone that was there, he said, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus, give my life to him. And with that, my wife and I, we baptized him today. And, and no, we didn't hold him under extra to make sure that it took. <laughs> no, but it was, it was just such a, a beautiful moment to just be there and watch. You know, one of the things I, I, I told my son is that when Jesus Christ got baptized, that that was the moment that marked the beginning of his ministry. And for my son, it, it, there's nothing in the water that's magical. There's nothing in the water. Really, when you get baptized, you just get wet. I mean, honestly, there's nothing magical about the water. There's nothing necessarily magical about the moment. But it's more so what it declares. God is never focused on ceremony for the sake of ceremony itself, but more so because of what the ceremony declares. And in that, my son was saying that, I'm being identified with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm also dying to my old life, and I'm rising to my new life. And I, and I just can't wait. I, I can't wait to continue to watch him grow and to develop. And, and we know, just, just like every single one of us, we know that he's not going to be perfect, just like we're not perfect. Uh, he's going to have his struggles, his wrestles, and things to work through, just like we all do. But I, I, I can't wait to see what his story is going to be. What is God going to do through him? And, and as I think about that, I, I just want to ask you that same question as well. What's your story? 
what is God doing in you? What is, what is the work that he's doing in you? How, are, how do you think that you are going to be different in 2020? You know, we started this brand new series today that we were calling 2020 from vision to reality. And we're looking at how do we get to this point where our resolution and the vision for our lives really do become reality. Hopefully you listened to uh, our last podcast that I actually just recorded on Friday. Um, and hopefully you were able to hear that it previewed uh, an aspect about the message uh, that we're going to talk about today. And today we get back into our, our norm, which is I'm going to take two nuggets uh, from the message today that we can utilize and that we can apply to our lives as we look at the direction that we're going in. Because again, I don't know if you feel this, but, but for me, I felt that there was a greater pressure for my 2020 vision or my 2020 resolution. Like my, my 2020, because this is 2020, right? There's that whole buildup. And again, we, we talked about the metaphor of 2020 being perfect vision. And, and it's interesting because I read an article and there was, it was by an ophthalmologist. And then the ophthalmologist, what the article was saying is that 2020 is not perfect vision. It's just normal vision. It's just normal vision. And so I, I guess maybe my, my question is, have we gotten to the point where we can at least just begin to identify, God, what's your normal vision for my life? You know, I think that there's so much pressure. There's so much pressure to be great. There's so much pressure to have something great. And with it being 2020, I, I feel like that there's a pressure where my resolution has to be great, Right? I mean, my, my 2020 vision has to be better than my 2019 vision. It, it just has to be because this is going into the new decade. And of all decades, 2020 connected with vision. So I, I don't know about you, but I, I do. I, I feel this pressure that my resolution has to be incredible, that it has to be perfect, that it has to be this resolution of all resolutions because 2020 is going to be the year where I am fashioned and made whole and made new. Man, you talk about pressure. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling that pressure, I totally get it. I totally get it. But I, I do want to let you know this, is that I, I think that God wants you to also begin to understand that he gets the pressure that you feel too. And, and here's the beauty of this, is that he wants you to understand that whatever this vision and resolution it is that you have for your life, the most important element that you have to understand is that you are not doing this walk alone. He's not left you by yourself to work through this and figure this thing out. He's going to walk this journey with you. He's going to be on this path with you. And so there is that possibility that what it is that your resolution is all about, that your vision is all about, that it really can become reality because of the simple fact that God is going to walk through this element and this part of your life with you. So if you feel the pressure, I get it. But God wants you to know that, again, he is in this journey with you. 
So as we talk about just developing a, a vision for your life, as we talk about the resolution for your life, I guess I should say, I, I really wanted to get into the two nuggets that we have for the message this week. And here's the first one, and that is discover your personal vision. See, here's the thing that, that I think that we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to focus again, and I, and I talked about this a little bit in my previous podcast, is we, we, we focus on the what. We focus on the what, on the what. And so many times what we do is we want to change our lives. We want resolutions in our lives. We make resolution about our lives. But the truth is there is nothing guiding the direction of our lives. So we're making resolutions for the sake of making resolutions. And again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be better. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I saw, uh, I, I saw an ad that I thought was really great. I saw a meme, I'm sorry, that I thought was really great. And the meme said something along the lines of this, that when we're kids, we buy clothes because we hope that we will grow into them. When we are adults and we buy clothes, we buy them with the hope that we will shrink into them. <laughs> I just absolutely love that. I love that. I mean, that, that, that's, that's just so right on. And, and I'll be honest, I have like four shirts in my closet that I'm looking at shrinking into. And, and I did. I, I weighed myself today, and I'm going to be very candid. Uh, I was shocked. I was, I'm not going to tell you what the number said, uh, but I was shocked. And uh, I've already started to make some changes to do something about it. But again, it's just one of those elements. And, and, and there's something about when you come to this place in your life where you look at where you really are, some of you may be shocked by how you've gotten yourself to this point. So this is why I, I want to tell you, don't make resolutions without developing a personal vision for your life. See, for me, I do want to lose weight, but but the whole idea behind my losing weight, that there has to be something that drives me. There has to be something that moves me because there is going to be that point where I am tempted to eat in my old way. I'm tempted to, I, I do, I have a really bad sweet tooth. That's probably why it's a good thing that Christmas is over <laughs> because I've had so much candy. Uh, my Aunt Frida's favorite chocolate cake uh, that, I've, that I've talked about as well. Um, I, I've had plenty of that. Some muffins, you know, those kind of elements, you know, but I digress. So as we begin to really examine our lives and, and where we are, you have to figure out where you're going. Because if you make resolutions without figuring out where you're going, then the problem with that becomes, it's so easy, to, it's so much easier to get distracted from your resolutions. And it's also easier to kind of look back and just kind of forget what it's all about. I, I found a definition, a personal vision that I wanted to, that I wanted to read to you. And it simply said this, it says, your personal vision is how you commit to living your life. It influences all areas, including family, spirituality, physical well-being, leisure, and work. So your personal vision is, is a guideline for your life. So then you can see why this would make sense, why it's so important for you to figure out what your personal vision is before you make your resolution. Because then what you could do is you can begin to see what is the direction that I want to go in in my life, and then what is it that gets in the way? What is it that hinders me from allowing this 
personal vision to become reality for my life. And then what you do is you begin to orchestrate your life in such a way to where your personal vision can truly become reality and your resolutions, your resolutions actually become resolved, (laughs) where you actually reach a point where you see yourself overcoming. So so I want to ask this question. What's your vision? Like if you were to sit down and describe your life right now, what would you say is your vision for your life? Where is it headed? What's your direction? And if you're not sure, I want to encourage you. I want to invite you to something. And I know that this may sound like a plug, and, and I get it. Uh, and so maybe I'll just admit it. Maybe it is. Um, but at our church, we do a workshop. It's called Awaken. And one of the things that's really beautiful about this workshop is at the end of this workshop, you would have had an opportunity to look at your life and you would have looked at your, your experiences and you would have seen how your experiences have formed and shaped and fashioned you. You'll also see how God has spoken to you through your experiences. And then as you look through all of that, you'll get to a point where you begin to examine your, and, and realize what your values are. But here's the beauty of this. Uh, by the time we finish processing this, this workshop, you would have written out your personal vision statement. So you will know your personal identity statement, your personal vision statement. You will know your values as you walk away from that. So I want to encourage you. And if it's something that you are interested in being a part of, go ahead and email me at kenballardjr4 at gmail.com. And I would love to give you more information about it as well. Or you can, again, message us, message me through our Facebook page for the church or through Instagram uh, for the church. But, but I would love to be able to walk with you through this. And that's going to be in January. Uh, it's January 24th, that Friday, and January 25th, um, that Saturday. Uh, that Friday night's from 6 to 9 p.m. That Saturday is from 9 to 3, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, it's $25 for it, and that $25 just covers the cost of the materials as well as it covers uh, the food that we're going to have for Saturday for lunch. Um, so it, it's, it's a great thing to go through. Um, I've gone through it. Uh, it really was eye-opening for me, and I, I like going through it with other people as I have an opportunity to re-examine my life as well. But fi- and, and if you don't come to the Awaken Workshop, that's, that's I, I get that. It's not a requirement. It's just a tool that you can use. But find out whatever way you can to find out your personal vision for your life. Take a step and begin to do that because it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Uh, Here's a couple of quotes that I found that I wanted to read to you. Um, One is by Les Brown. He's a motivational speaker. And he said this, if you have no vision of yourself in the future, then you have nothing to live for. Now, let me make this really clear. When he says you have nothing to live for, he's not saying you have nothing to live for, so it's over, it's done. No, no, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that you have no vitality in your life. You have no motivating factor in your life. You have nothing that you're really shooting for. And and so when you have nothing that you're really shooting for, yet you're making resolutions to be different, then you can begin to see how you kind of set yourself up for failure when it comes to your resolutions. I found another quote I thought was great. It says, a vision is not just a picture of what could be. 
It is an appeal to our better selves, a call to become something more. That's by Rosabeth, Mar- uh, Rosabeth Moss Cantor. I-, I love that. It is a call to something more. That's why we make resolutions. We all know that there's this part of us, and if you really examine your life, you know that it's there. There's that part of you that says, there's something more. I I want something more in my life. And and maybe you've tried to find that something more. Maybe you've tried to find it in your finances. Maybe you've tried to find it in your career. Maybe you tried to find it in a relationship. Maybe you've tried to, there's so many places where you've tried to find your something more. Because that is that, that desire for something more is a part of the human condition. So it is normal to desire that. It is normal to want that. That is why it's so vital for you to figure out what your personal vision is. Here's a great place for you to start. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, now here's what that says to me. That says to me that God has a vision for you. He has a, has a, when you were created, the moment that you were born, the moment that you took your first breath, the moment that you were conceived, the Bible even says that God knew you before you were even born. So even before you were a thought on your parents' minds, before your parents were even an item, God already knew you and God already knew who you would be. And he already planned. He already had a plan for your life. So I I want you to understand that there is a plan that is out there for you. There is a vision that is out there for you. You may be asking, well, where do I start? Where do I I start in discovering that? This is why here at Encounter, we talk about love up, love out, and love in. And that is motivated by a passage in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31. Jesus says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And then he says, the second command is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So maybe part of the process is in order for you to start to discover your personal vision, just maybe start there. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to become more loving. God, I'm going to learn how to love you. I'm also going to learn how to love others. And I'm also going to learn how to love myself. I'm going to learn how to take care of myself in a way where I can be the most healthy person that I can be emotionally, spiritually, mentally, uh, physically to be the healthiest person I can be. But God, I'm going to fall in love with you. God, I'm going to love others and I'm going to also learn how to love myself. So maybe you could just start there. And then what can happen is while you're on this journey for love, And you're beginning to say, you know what, God, help me to see you as I practice this aspect of loving others and loving you and loving myself. And then maybe what God can do is God can guide you down at this point because you're now on a journey. And he can lead you exactly to where it is that he desires for you to be. Because let me tell you this, it is a lot easier to guide a ship when the anchor has been pulled up. 
And so it's the same way. Now that we've removed the anchor of our lives and God, we're moving towards you, at least by practicing love, then what God can say is, look, now that you're learning to love me, now that you're learning to love others, now that you're learning to love yourself, now let me begin to give you a grander vision for your life and where I desire for you to be. But even if we start with love, now think about this. What resolutions can I make? What are the resolutions that hinder me from being able to love God with my passion and with all my heart? What are the resolutions that I could make that will help me to be able to love others? What are the things that hinders me from being able to love others the way that I would love to be able to love them? So I can begin to make resolutions in that way of, of, of intentionality in my life, of connection in my life, of relationships in my life. And the same thing, what are some ways that I really don't love myself? Because here's the thing that I'm realizing, like when I don't eat healthy, I am not showing love to myself. When I don't take care of my body, I'm not showing love to myself. So what are some ways that maybe we can begin to look at how are we not showing love to ourselves? Well, we can really begin to see ourselves grow and develop and change and become the person that God has called and fashioned for us to be. So that's the first nugget. <laughs> Powerful. I, I, and I really do hope that that encourages you. And then here's a second nugget. And I want to start the second nugget by simply reading a quote. And it's by James Clear. Remember, I'm reading that book, Atomic Habits. And, and here's one of the things he says in the book. He says, it is so easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimating the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. So here's what he talks about in his book, Atomic Habits, that I think is really powerful. First, he tells a story. In chapter one, he tells a story. And the story of, is of, of Team Sky. If you're not familiar with Team Sky, Team Sky is the, the British cycling team. And over the first on the course over the course of their first seventy six years, when they've gone to the Olympics, they won a single gold medal. That is it. Matter of fact, their cycling team was so bad that a bike company said, "No, you cannot use our bikes because we don't want to be associated with your team because we don't want people to associate our bikes with your performance." I mean, that's how bad they were. So what they did is they hired a guy named Daniel uh, Brailsford, if I remember his name, but they hired him. And here's what he did is he came in and he started to look at, let's, let's, he, and he brought in what's called a, a theory of marginal gains. And, and here's what he said is over the course of, of, of changing things, what if we could change just 1% here, 1% there, 1% here, 1% there. And, and so here's what they started doing is they looked at, they found tires that made them a small percentage faster. They found seats that were a little bit more comfortable. Uh, they also found pillows, <laughs> you know, and the pillows were a little bit more comfortable for their athletes to be able to sleep. Uh, they also brought, they brought in a physician and the physician showed them, this is how you wash your hands so that you don't get sick. And they also made a decision before we go to the Olympics or when we're getting ready to go to the Olympics, we will not shake anyone's hands because we don't want to risk getting sick. They also, here's the thing that's really interesting, is they painted their vans white. So that way they could identify any dust and remove the dust 
And they also began to look at ways and that we can look at our bikes and be able to remove any further dust particles off of our bikes. So they made 1% change here, 1% change there, 1% change here, 1% change there. And over the course of all of these small changes that they made, uh, they went to the Olympics, I believe in Beijing. Their cycling team won seven out of 10 gold medals. And then, of course, the Olympics came to London, right, in 2016. You know what they did? Seven out of 10 gold medals again. Not only that, they have won when they never, that team never won a single Tour de France, which is like the epitome. It's like the Super Bowl of bicycling, right? Of, sec, of cycling. Um, they never won the Tour de France. Well, they've now won four out of the last five. I mean, and all of that is motivated by simply this, by making small changes. You, you know, another reason why our resolutions tend not to work is because we go for the big, we go for the huge. And now 2020 is here. My resolution has to be even bigger. It has to be even greater. It has to be even grander. So there is this pressure again now for me to make a resolution that is powerful and huge and grandiose. And you know, this is the same that we, the same thing that we do sometimes in our relationship with God. Because we look at the stories, right? We look at the stories of God parting the Red Sea. We, we look at the stories of, of Jesus raising people from the dead, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the lame walking. We look at all of those stories and then what we do in our lives, and, and we do this in Christianity and we are so guilty of this, is that now God is only associated with the grandiose. He's only associated with the miracle. Let me tell you this. If, if you believe in creation, and maybe even, even if you don't believe in creation, but if you just look at it from this perspective, you know, we, we look at the creation and we see, wow, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, in order for that grandiose miracle to happen, you know what had to happen? There had to be change on the subatomic level for that to come about. When the expanse of the skies was separated from the lands and when the seas were separated from, and the land was separated from the seas. Again, incredible, but you know what had to happen? Change on the subatomic level. When God created the animals and ultimately when God created man, there had to be change significant change on the subatomic level. So in other words, the incredible miracles of God started in the most minuscule elements of life. So what if we began to look at change that way? You know, it says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. What if we began to look at change in a minuscule way? See, here's the thing that's really interesting is, is sometimes we, we make resolutions to change, but we don't change the things that are around the resolutions that cause us to fail. That makes sense? So you may resolve to, like I might resolve to eat better, but have I changed my thinking process towards food? 
Have I changed my habit of eating at night? Have I changed my habit of, of eating the wrong combinations of food that will cause me to, to continue to gain weight? What, what have I changed that will begin to bring about those small changes? And so here's the beauty of this is when you begin to look at the minuscule change and change a small thing here, a small thing there, a small thing here, a small thing there, it may seem insignificant in the moment, but what happens is it creates uh, compound interest. It begins to change over the course of time. So maybe what we can do is rather than starting huge, like, like I, I know people have said, you know, I'm going to read through my Bible in a year. And they do great for a while, but then they fail. And, and the reason why is because they hit a part of the Bible that becomes really difficult. And also, you know, you, you start to fall behind and now you feel bad about falling behind and then you quit. But what if instead of doing that, what if we just said this? You know what? I'm going to start off with just one verse. I'm just going to read one verse a day, just one verse. Now, for many of us, that one verse a day may be more than what we've read in years of our lives when you, when you add that up over the course of a year. But then what happens is this begins to build momentum in your life. And then let's say, for example, if you decided, you know, I'm just going to pray for a couple of minutes. I'll get in my car as I'm driving to work. As I'm pulling around the corner, I'm just going to pray for my day. It's just a couple of minutes. Just starting there. What are some small places that you can begin the change that over the course of time will accumulate to, to cause incredible change to happen in your life? And so that is the second nugget. Start small and build a fire. Because, and, and this is an analogy that I love to use, but I will go back to it time and time again. When you think about an incredible fire, an incredible fire really starts with a spark. When you think about a flood, a flood really starts with a drop. When you think about a windstorm, it starts with a breeze. Every major natural event always starts with the smallest of beginnings. So what if we were to do that with our lives? Is, you know, say, God, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start small. I'm going to figure out what are the 1% of things that I can change in my life that will accumulate to bringing about the kind of success that we now see in Team Sky. Just imagine that. Start small and build a fire. Start small and build a fire. So those are our two nuggets. Discover your personal vision. Start small and build a fire. Well, I do. I, I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And I, I want to encourage you. Come on out. Come on out as we continue this series. Next week for uh, the message, we're going to begin to look at identity and how your habits can shape your identity, but also on how your identity can change your habits. So it really, I, I think it really will be in a powerful an encouraging message. <laughs> and I say that, I guess, because I wrote it, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I really, I'm really excited about this material because it's really opened my eyes up in a lot of ways. And I really hope that it will do the same thing for you too. 
But if again, if you're not able to come on out, make sure you listen to next week's podcast as we hit a couple nuggets and we talk about uh, what it is that we're going to be looking at next Sunday as well. So again, I just want to ask you to continue to rate us um, because we would love to be able to get the word out about the Encounter podcast. And again, I would love to be able to hear from you. So feel free, you know, to, to comment on this podcast. If, if there are things that I'm doing well, if there are things that I can do better, because um, I, I do want to continue to get better at this and grow at this. I'm still new in the podcast area. So uh, please feel free to let me know what your thoughts are. I, I would love to, to hear from you. Uh, but continue to rate us so we can continue to get the word out about the Encounter podcast and hopefully to see people's lives changed as a result of it. And as I like to end every podcast, Encounter is all about three things. Love up, love out, love in. Love up, falling madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, loving our community and investing in and making our community better. And love in, building incredible relationships with one another. And just as we could do that on a corporate level, we can also do that on an individual level. Love up, how can I love God more? And just imagine, what if we all did this? What if we all said, how can I love God more today than I did yesterday? Incrementally, just a small incremental change. God, what can I do to love you more today than I did yesterday? What about loving others, serving others, being an encouragement to others? What can I do to love others more today than I did yesterday? And loving yourself. How are you taking care of yourself? And again, how can you love yourself a little bit more today than you did yesterday? So join me in this journey to start a fire to start small and build a fire. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll be with you once again next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.